What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. All right, what's up? What's up? Welcome again, listeners. This is the Dig on Doug podcast, bringing you another wonderful episode and another opportunity to grow, learn, and explore different avenues. Um, I have a recent connect that I've been connected with through a, through a close friend of mine. I have Didi here, who talked <laughs> about being in touch with yourself and understanding the life journey and everything of, yeah. of what it is. There's so much that we go through in our lives and everything. And the thing about the Dig Duck podcast, I'm about hearing and sharing different perspectives and different people's journey because we're all a journey wrapped up in ourselves, but we can also unravel our lives and be able to help other people understand and everything, things that they may have gone through as well or things that they may go through in the future. So welcome to the Dig Duck mm. podcast, Dee. Yay, thank you so much for having me. I love, love, love the angle. We do. We all have such rich journeys. And um, it's always fun to hear everyone else's and, and connect and hear how we're actually all really, there's a lot of similarities in us and our journeys. So I we, love, we, love it. Yeah, no, we definitely at times, I feel as humans, we definitely forget that times of our similarities. And we, we yeah. focus a lot on our differences and everything. And that's that's where... It, good differences are good differences are yep. good they come with 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 humility and understanding but yep. there's so many similarities that we can really cultivate and develop when we really sit down and have a conversation with somebody are in the the era we're in right now of covid sit down with somebody via zoom or a phone call and and Seriously. sit down with, with people so just let yeah. the people know a little bit about yourself where you're from background and everything um and then we'll go yep. from there yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Um, and I and I will just say before I dive into that is that especially during these times of COVID where we're so isolated, what I love about podcasts and these kinds of things is that um, when I hear somebody else's story or maybe their struggle or how they broke through, it often inspires me and it helps yeah. me feel less alone. So um just a shout out to everybody um out there who's tuning in thank you for tuning in to us today yeah <laughs> um yeah so my name's Didi. my last name is Haig. i am a pleasure um coach i'm an international retreat leader and soon to be author working mm-hmm. on a book yeah woo woo um and let's see a little bit of my background i am from idaho have you ever All known right. anyone from Idaho? <laughs> I don't know anyone from Idaho. I know people who have gone to Idaho. So. It's one of those states that when I say, oh, my gosh, you know, that I'm from Idaho, there's rarely ever any people that go, oh, my gosh, I'm from Idaho. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I grew up on a small town, in a small town, well, on a farm, actually, outside mm-hmm. of a small town oh, okay. in North Idaho, just south of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, beautiful, right. beautiful city. All right, a lot of out there. <laughs> yeah, and the town that I grew up in was the name is Plummer, which is very. Funny. Oh wow! Yeah, Plummer, Idaho. You know how many? You know how many people live there? Let me get. Let me guess. I'm gonna just guess. Can like, you guess? Two fifty. 
there's 800. Okay, all right. That was honestly that was my first guess in my head, but I was like, oh, let me just try to explore. Like I was around the 800 realm. (laughs) Totally. I always used to joke that like if we if they would have counted all the cats and dogs, that we probably would have hit maybe 1,000. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I grew up in a small town, small town on a farm in Idaho. Mm -hmm. I went to school at Gonzaga. Which okay. is how we were connected to one another. I think you know. Okay, yeah, the Tobin, yeah. Okay. Yeah, from Gonzaga. Um, go Zags. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another great um, Catholic Jesuit school. Um, so, yeah, so I have just made it my life's journey to be really curious about a lot. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I went to school at Gonzaga, and I think that's how we know each other as a mutual friend from Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah go Zags. And um, yeah, I really just, once I left Idaho, I really just made it my life's journey to get really curious about life. I had the good fortune of traveling when I was young. Okay. Um, and so that just piqued my curiosity and so lord i've done all kinds of things (laughs) seriously i worked in public relations for a bit and marketing i worked yeah i worked in international travel in the corporate world uh i then went into the peace corps Mm. Uh, and then i uh worked in international business for a bit and um, got tired of the corporate scene and just became a, a coach, a mom okay. and then a coach. Yeah. So what, what, what was it like to like leave a very small town of 800 into like really explore the world now? What was that like? Yeah. Great question. So when I was in eighth grade, um, my cousins who grew up in a bigger town, mm-hmm. they had a program that was traveling to Europe and okay. I was super curious. And so I raised money and funded myself to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. And so I had a little taste when I was in eighth grade. And honestly, once I got that travel bug, I just couldn't stop. So mm-hmm. I went and traveled um, in all across Europe in um one summer for about a month on that program okay and it changed it absolutely changed my life i i had no idea you know growing up in such a small town how many different ways that people lived and their foods and their dress and their cultures and their mm-hmm. buildings and it totally blew my mind open to possibilities and i really actually credit that traveling mm-hmm. um for my sense of real curiosity and desire to learn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, to go from Idaho to <laughs> Europe, I mean, that's, that's an explosion for sure. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Paris, the funny thing is that um, when we got to Paris, there were several students on that program. They were like, oh, I hate Paris. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, what are you guys talking about? This place is so magical. Yeah. And that city can ha- tend to have that, like, sensation with other people. But what I, what I loved, what I realized later, Doug, was that 
I actually kind of loved this ana- anonymity. Like nobody knew me there. Mm-hmm. I could walk down the street and nobody, you know, like I didn't know anyone and yeah. I could just be free. And it was like such a concept, such a mind blowing concept for me mm-hmm. for some reason at that age, I was like, wow, no, <laughs> nobody I mean, knows you here. No, I mean, to go from, you know, your 800, 800 people town where pretty much everybody knows you, to so go true. somewhere where nobody knows you, I mean, yeah. there has there has to be some kind of like freeness in that to be able to be like, I know my neighbor Tim isn't going to be like, oh, if I get in trouble or something like and talk to my parents. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Marcel Proust, and it goes something like, the real voyage of discovery comes not from seeing new lands, but in having new eyes. Mm. And so that's what travel has always been for me is, is having new eyes, like new wow. ways to see things. And, you know, so from that journey, then I was like on fire. I was like, oh my gosh, we have to do this in my school. So I helped, mm-hmm. you know, like organize a trip so that my senior year, um, all of us in the French club um, went to France and then just toured just around in France. And then after that, I was like, I'm not stopping there. And then in college at Gonzaga, I was like, I want to study abroad because, because it's one thing as you probably know to go and visit a town and a city, but it's another to go and live in it and Mm -hmm. really experience the people and get to know the culture more. Yeah. And so, you know, like, at that time in Paris, markets were everywhere. They didn't have the supermarkets like we did. So they bought all of their food fresh, right? Yeah, Each week. Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, I just thought like that was just the coolest thing. And it, and it also shows um, a, a little bit about their value in their culture, right? Yeah. How much they love the food and they value its freshness and, Um, I've always, you know, one thing that my travels have have taught me is you can learn a lot about a a culture from their food. Mm -hmm. You can learn a lot also about um, a culture from their language. Mm -hmm. So in, for example, like when I lived in Togo in the Peace Corps in West Africa, um, there wasn't a word in, um, so there's 40 different ethnic groups in um, tribes in Togo itself. And um, the one, the one uh, um, language dialect that they spoke where I lived, there were no words for um, yesterday or tomorrow. Mm. So it's very fascinating when you look at the language, right? You don't have words for those things. Then time isn't really that important. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was so true. That was one of the hardest things that I had to learn when I came there as a Peace Corps volunteer. Cause I'd be like, yo, noon, my friends, we're having a meeting. We're doing this thing. And then it's fucking like one thirty, and nobody's there. <laughs> <laughs> so then I learned, oh, okay. If I want to start at noon, then I tell them it starts at 10 mm-hmm. and then we'll start by noon. Right. Um, but that was just the value because they just don't value the time. And, and also, you know, they're way more um, connected to nature than we are. So, you know, like I have my little watch on and they're just like, yeah, look at the sun. It's probably about noon and, you know, whatever. 
So, but, and, I, and I mean, it seems like they're valuing more of the present than actually looking back at the past or even looking forward. So it's a real yeah. because, I mean, one of the things that we like I got tired and, and learned from people, especially in education, is like being present. And we can yeah. always lose that that sense of being present because we're either worrying about something in the past or worrying about something that's ahead. But to really yeah. be present with a person. So that's a very great um, cultural concept that they have. Yeah, totally, for sure. And I think it's something that we all could learn a bit from, yeah. you mm -hmm. know? I don't know if you've seen that documentary that on Netflix, Social Dilemma. No. It's fascinating. If you, if you can or have a chance, it's, I highly recommend it because it's so fascinating how we are programmed to just be constantly diverting our attention in different ways, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, and, and, it, and it talks about all the different little you know, prompts that they start doing, you know, the notifications or the dot, dot, dot to know that somebody's typing. And like, yeah. it's so crazy how this manipulation happens in the mind. But, mm. um, but I think, check that out. yeah, I do for sure. I'd love to hear your take on it. Um, it's, so it's really important, I think, and, and such an interesting time to be talking about what we call contact. I call contact. Yeah. Contact is like you and me being here present with one mm -hmm. another in this moment. Yeah. And um, there's nothing more valuable, really. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Than the gift of our presence. As as some people say, they, they try to get away with this, but I mean, but it can also be a good thing. My presence is a present. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Our gift is, yeah, your presence is a gift. Mm -hmm. Because why? Because we all really just long, I think, to be seen, to yeah. be heard, you know? To be valued. Yeah. Appreciated. So. For sure. So and, that and, contact and like, is new. Yeah. And like I tell people, it's like you... This moment that we have right now, whatever it is with a person, you'll never have this again. It'll never be the same. So even the next time you meet up or you hang out or whatever, it's a different time. Like, And, and so many people can get caught up in the nostalgia of something. Um, it's like usually why people are like mad at a sequel compared to the original of a movie. <laughs> um, it's it's just that 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 training and so many things are memories and all that stuff. And so you talked about all this traveling, great work, being in different countries. Um, yeah. And then so then you come back and then what's happening like once you come back from the Peace Corps? Well, there's always a bit of an adjustment. <laughs> like I remember I always talk about like when I came back, I remember going to the grocery store and there's freaking 20 different varieties of toothpaste. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, really? Do we really need all these different kinds of Your toothpaste? Your new eyes were adjusting again. My eyes were adjusting. I needed new lenses. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know, there's, there's a bit of a, an adjustment there that yeah. happens for sure. But, um, yeah, I came back and, um, I got engaged when I was in the Peace Corps. So oh, okay. I married, um, a host country national, someone from the country. Mm. Um, and, um, so yeah, so then I went to went back to the corporate world for a bit and kind of got tired of 
the constant, you know, the one thing, again, having the new eyes, right? Coming back to a different perspective on time and then coming back into the corporate mm-hmm. world here where time is money yeah. was a bit of an adjustment. And so what, what really, you know, like my next step was I eventually became a yoga teacher. Okay. Because I, I wanted to be able to experience that um, sense of peace and inner calm that I, I seem to have a little bit more easily in Togo. Yeah. Uh, and so I think ultimately that I was seeking that out, the yoga mm-hmm. out, just mm-hmm. to find that experience again. But yeah. here, of course, you and I know that experience is always there and in you. It's just yeah. Can sometimes... you live it again? In the sense yeah. that nostalgia, what I just talked about, is really trying to... I experienced that a little bit when I went to the South for the first time and we, I went to Memphis and Mississippi mm-hmm. and driving out there was like so different than out here in California. It was so slow and people were like way more friendlier. And then I got back here and instantly once I got off the plane, I got in my car, my brain clicks and I'm like, okay, California driving. It's a whole different way <laughs> of driving than it is. And like, there's even times now when I'm just like, I, I wish it was still that slow and everything. Yeah, for sure. So one of the epic, amazing travels that I had was, and I wrote about this in the Pleasure Code, which is a course I'm sure we'll talk about at some point um, that I've created. But uh, I traveled to Costa Rica okay. to um, to explore more of my other passion, which we haven't talked about, which is sex and sexuality, meditation mm-hmm. and sex. And so um, I had the most epic trip there. And what happened, Doug, was for me, you know how when you stretch a rubber band, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and what happens oftentimes is, is it, it stretches out, but then it comes back a little bit, yeah. but it doesn't come back to its original form, right? Mm-hmm. It's not quite as small as it was when you first stretched it out yeah. really far, right? And so this trip for me for going to Costa Rica was kind of one of those experiences where I was like, what? Like, (laughs) I realized my pleasure, what I like to say is I broke my pleasure ceiling. It's like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I had this limit that I was operating with in terms of pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so on this trip, I got to just experience like busting that like wide open and, and seeing what is possible. And ultimately, what I say that we're all really doing is just remembering. We're remembering how expansive and how infinite and how divine mm. we, re- we really are. Yeah. And what I love about travel is it just sort of naturally puts you into this space of questioning who you are because you no longer have that California freeway telling you that you have to drive this way. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, those are a few of the places (laughs) that some of my travels have taken me. I've been to over 35 countries, but, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And just lived in a few, but. Okay. Yeah. No, that, no, that's, 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 Amazing. So let's let's jump right into it. I mean, you, you talked yeah. about the the stretching of your capacity 
of pleasure and discovering that. And so and now you're a pleasure coach and everything. So yeah. down the road, when did you start to discover this? How did it all come together and, and where you're where you're at now and, and what you how and how you coach and everybody in this realm? Awesome. Thank you. It's such a great question. So when I was, hmm, let's see, at what point of the timeline will I start with this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, first off, I think I've been a fairly embodied person most of my life. And by that, I just mean I've been really super body aware. Mm -hmm. I've loved playing sports in high school. I loved being active in college. Um, You know, I loved playing with my body to see what its limits were. Okay. Like I, I ran a marathon once. I don't think okay. I'd do that awesome. again. <laughs> I know. I don't think I'd do it again. It was really interesting because I thought, you know, I, I went, it took, so I started with um, a race called Bloomsday in Spokane, Washington. It was like 5K or something. Okay. And I was like, I wonder if I could do a half marathon. So I did the half marathon in Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hell, I might as well try a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I can do it? And it really, for me, was like, okay. And at this point in training, I was like, yep, my body can handle it. Can my mind handle mm, it? The mindset. Right. It's the mindset. Yeah. So I've always been very in touch with my body. I love to dance. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things. Um, So pleasure for me, like, let's just talk a little bit about pleasure. What does pleasure mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So pleasure is for me, it's an energy that brings you into the awareness of the present moment. Mm. So, Pleasure can be having hot, great sex with your lover. Yeah. Pleasure can be um, watching a sunset. Mm-hmm. Pleasure can be uh, masturbating. Mm-hmm. Pleasure can be watching my kids get a math problem that they've been struggling with. Yeah. So, so for me, like I like to say, I'm a pleasure coach and I help people have more satisfaction and joy in or outside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. because how I do my life is often how I do my money, how I do my sex, how I do my relationships, et cetera, Mm -hmm. my career. So sex is just one way to sort of come to the healing process or the learning and the growth. Yeah in my opinion, but, um, so getting back to how did I actually get into this was I had had some pretty challenging relationships and, um, I felt that I had given away my power basically. Mm. Um, and, I fell into, you know, so I ended up, I ha- I've had a divorce. I'm a single mom. I've been a single mom for six years now. Okay. And um, in one relationship I had, I was absolutely amazed at the sensations that I felt in my body when I was making love with this other person. Mm-hmm. And I was blown open to new possibilities. And what happened, though, in the process is I started to think that my pleasure was only derived because he was there. 
Mm. Because it was like, you know, this magic between us, right? That I couldn't have this magical pleasure on my own. Yeah. And so you all, we all can see, right, the fall or the falsity and all in that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it felt really real and like really like, wow, like I can't ever have this again. Yeah. Which if you, you know, you go dive underneath that, that's a little self worth issue, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so a friend of mine said, "Hey, have you ever heard of the erotic blueprints?" And I was like, "No." She's like, you should, here, she sends me this, you know, thing and was like, you know, a little quiz thing. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then she invited me to one of the events that they were having. Okay. And, and um, Doug, I was like blown away first off because there were people that were up on stage who were talking about consent mm-hmm. and how do you set up a container to have a relationship with another being Mm -hmm. and what are we really consenting to when we're entering into this relationship and so i was just like blown away and so you know the long and short of it is that the erotic blueprints is like the love languages for your turn on have you ever heard of love languages yeah 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 most people have but um so the erotic blueprints is like your love language for turn on so once you know what your language is then you Mm -hmm. can um ask for the things that nourish and feed you and turn you on so Mm -hmm. um so it was a really fascinating weekend and at the end they challenged us to take a um pleasure challenge with our partners or if we were single aeme with self-pleasuring and so i committed to self-pleasuring for 21 days Mm -hmm. and what i realized in that time doug was wow (laughs) this source of pleasure is right here yeah It's, it's in me like you know beautiful to be with other people and to be able to connect physically but the true source of that pleasure is here yeah and so that's kind of how I got into this work. Um, I honestly, you know, like before that, I've been doing some other things. Like I, you know, I love yoga. I'm a yoga yeah. teacher, Kundalini yoga teacher. So I was interested in Tantra, um, which is the more esoteric kind of form and also more sexual aspect of yoga. Um, and, um, I also was curious about this thing called oming, which is orgasmic meditation. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, I kind of started once I had that opening in my body and I knew it was possible. I started looking at all these different modalities. Okay. And so I just sort of fell into the erotic blueprint work and just decided what the hell, like, (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to like help others experience yeah. this magnificence of this body mm-hmm. and, and help them really like um, learn how to enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. Is, is this at the point where you feel like you reclaimed your power or is that still a journey or? I think that's always a journey for me. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love to, to think that I'm like sovereign as fuck all the time, but I'm <laughs> totally not, you know, like it, it's a journey even, you know, yeah, it's just a journey. It's always for me like, oh, okay. Like checking in, is this, is this really what's good for me? 
Yeah. Um, does this feel good in my body? No, mm. it doesn't. Okay, no, what am I going to do about that? So, um, I, you know, I'm still learning. I'll never stop learning. Yeah. 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 So, but so it, in, by and large, it helped me to see how I was like giving it away massively. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of feeling it had to be this jointed thing where it, like you said, the real pleasure comes from self and discovery and your experiences into things. And I think that was very, that was very even insightful for me thinking about pleasure, connecting you really to the moment, the person, um, mm-hmm. whatever it is, because you don't, when you find pleasure in something, it's hard to get distracted by something else. Yeah. Cause there's pure satisfaction yeah. right there, right now. Yeah. So, and, totally. and so you, you talked about these other um, yoga styles that you were trying and um, yeah, playing those a little bit and, and, and what those are. And um, so yeah. if people are interested in those. Curious. Yeah. So I am a certified Kundalini yoga teacher Okay. and I was taught in a specific tradition and I did that for about, let's see, my daughter is 12. I've, I've taught that for about a little over a decade. Okay. Um, and Kundalini, for maybe your listeners maybe have not heard of this term before, um, Kunda means coil. And so Kundalini is basically an energy that is coiled up. Often um, Kundalini is associated with a serpent, the snake, mm-hmm. um, coiled at the end of your spine. And so the idea is, is that you'll do these yogic practices to help raise your Kundalini, which I like to think of Kundalini as like the energy of transformation or maybe the energy of awareness. Okay. And so there's a lot of work with the spine. Um, there's a lot of breath work. There's also a lot of mantra. So when, when I, you know, before I was doing this particular style of yoga, I tried meditation for a while and I just thought I never got it right. Cause my mind was yeah. like, what? <laughs> and it was like, yo, we got this, that, and the other thing to do sister. Mm-hmm. Like what else, you know? And so I thought I never was doing meditation correctly. Um, But when I came into the Kundalini yoga tradition, I found mantra meditation. Okay. And so mantra um, in Sanskrit, man means mind and tra means wave. And so when we chant the mantras, it's like locking our mind onto a certain frequency. Mm. So instead of the worrisome, like, am I going to get it done? Are they going to like me? Are they going to blah, blah, blah? You know, whatever the little list of records is that goes through the mind. Yeah. You give yourself um something more positive to lock on to and mm-hmm. so mantra meditation became my jam i love mantras i love chanting mantras okay um and so the the beauty of it also was that it got me to use my voice more Mm-hmm. Like I never really like I would sing in church and stuff, but I was never really super proud of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. Trust me, I, I know I am a great background singer <laughs> and, and arm mover, so I know. <laughs> I'm great when I'm in the shower by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the mantra was really good for me to to listen mm-hmm. to myself to hear my actual 
you know, voice chanting these yeah. sacred syllables. And so um, the mantra meditation really became my jam. Mm -hmm. And this particular form of yoga is a little bit less asana based or posture based, like okay. a lot of the more mainstream that people yeah. may, like mm -hmm. some of your listeners may have heard of, like, you know, vinyasa or hatha mm -hmm. or some of the popular ones. But okay. so this one was more, this, uh, branch of yoga was a little bit more breath and meditation and and mantra mm -hmm. sound focused okay yeah and, and so you touched on like being a pleasure coach and everything and doing this for now so what what does that look like what is like a, a session like how yeah. do people get involved what 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 does that really mean to like somebody looking to explore this world yeah thank you um so my typical coaching sessions, um, they, uh, they always follow a same format, like celebrate. Like first off, let's celebrate. What is it that you are celebrating? Because one of the things that we forget to do, especially in the like, you know, self-help, you know, I'm doing the air quotes here, self-help world um, is you're always thinking that you're broken or that you need to be fixed. And, you know, it's all about that seriousness. But so... Yeah. I always love to open with a celebration. Tell me something that you're celebrating this week. Yeah. Right? Super important for us to reinforce that. Mm -hmm. um, so we always open with some sort of a celebration. And then what sort of challenges are you experiencing? And then based on what challenges are showing up in your life, we will maybe we'll do a breathing practice. Maybe we'll do... Um, I'm learning these new techniques called accelerated evolution. Okay. Um, we will talk about how can we um, use what's showing up in your life um, as fodder for your pleasure, right? As, as fuel for your pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes that might take the form of, you know, using your breath, doing a breath work practice. Sometimes it might be actual sexual coaching. How mm -hmm. do you pleasure yourself? Um, it, it's really, it's hard to explain because well, yeah, every yeah, person it's, it's, is different, right? Exactly, yeah. But so it usually includes, you know, one of these tools that I, you know, know so well. I usually draw on that. But always trying to bring it back to, how can this bring me into more pleasure? And sometimes I'm not going to lie, like the shit gets hard, right? You know, like it's not fun to look at how, you know, we're buying into scarcity. Mm -hmm. You know, like I see people show up with struggles with money and it's like, okay, so let's talk about how do you feel about, you know, scarcity and, and, you know, what are some of the programs that you might have running? Okay, so let's see how we can find some pleasure in this, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes it's, um, I'll share one other book um, that I'm just loving. It's called Existential Kink. Okay. And the, ba the basic idea is that you're, it's like a method for, um, what is it? Getting, um, getting what you want by getting off on what you don't want. So sometimes this, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting um, mind twist. Yeah, that um, is, uh, my, my, my face is scrunched up right now. I couldn't even say face right there. It's so scrunched <laughs> up. 
totally, totally. Because so, okay, go with me here. This is right. like, this is just a new area that I'm exploring. So, okay. um, so it's basically this idea that subconsciously we actually are loving our failure. Mm. We're loving um, our scarcity. We're loving not ever finding the right relationship. Mm -hmm. There's something in our subconscious mind that's actually, quote, you know, like getting off on it. There's yeah. something in our subconscious mind that's actually getting something from it. Mm. And so, you know, like in the work that I do, I'm because I'm so embodied, I often will tell people, okay, you're feeling triggered. Let's go into your body. What does that feel like? Mm. Where is it living? Give me, get, what does it look like? What are the feelings? What is the message that it may be telling you that part of you? Cause it's still part of you. Yeah. Um, and so like, then you begin to sort of unravel and see when you give this part of you that time, love and an attention that it really wants, mm -hmm. then the charge goes away from it. And I think this is, my way of saying what that author is um, advocating is just that instead of repressing, suppressing, resisting those things that seem awful, yeah. go into them. Mm -hmm. Let them speak to you. Love up on them. Tell them how much you love them and then see what happens because things mm -hmm. then usually start to shift and actually... Yeah. There's pleasure in that. Well, it's like you said, we're traveling. It's, it's new eyes. It's it's a new way to look at something. I mean, we, we all have our things of what we bury in our subconscious because we, we don't want to deal with them or it's it's too much to handle. But being able to, to go in there. Um, but I mean, I, I can understand at the same time, like you said, why somebody could be afraid of that or if it's, if, if yeah. it's too much is intimidating. But to switch it in a sense of like, pleasure is a very trippy flip I, I must say yeah right totally because everything can be pleasurable yeah once we learn to see it as such mm -hmm. and 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 understanding like you said like what our own are i mean some people love ice cream some people hate ice cream you know all these right things and and i don't think you're saying to tell people like go and just do the things yeah. that you hate but it's like really understand the hiccups that you have you know, right. it's, like when, it's like when we get hiccups and we're like, where did this come from? Like, I know in my head, I'm like, okay, what, what caused this? Like, I don't know what made me hiccup. Like, and hiccups are rare, at least for me, they are. But like yep. when it happened, I'm like, okay, where, where exactly did this come from? Like, why am I hiccuping out of nowhere? Right, right. Yeah, totally. I, I, I honestly believe that everything shows up in our life for a reason yes definitely and it's and and for me the reason always is to bring us back to our center and to our truth yeah which is our divinity exactly and so you, you were touching on the, the, the pleasure code yeah um, please tell us about that and share yeah thank you thank you yeah so what I found in my practice is that a lot of people and especially these days mm -hmm. are struggling with overwhelm and they're just not sure how to move through it. And so this is a course designed to help people to shift out of overwhelm and into pleasure. And it's especially for women and, and moms because that's my jam, right? Oh, yeah. And that's who I speak to easily. 
Um, and so it is a 12 module program designed to help women connect back into their pleasure and to increase their pleasure in 90 days or less. Now, some people can actually cruise through the program, you know, 12, 12, you know, 12 short modules if they really want to, but I encourage the integration and the slow movement. That's really breathing with it. Breathing with it, exactly, right? Um, and so, you know, the benefits of it are that you learn to um, one of the things that overwhelm does is it often zaps us of our energy, right? Mm. Our beautiful, we call it life force energy yeah. in yoga is that chi. It's that energy that keeps you sort of going. And mm -hmm. I don't mean going in the pushing through, yeah. you know, struggle sense. I mean, energetically going energetically nourishes you and keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And so one of the benefits of really getting in touch with your pleasure is that it helps nourish that energy and fill you back up. So, um, so getting in touch with the pleasure and usually the pleasure code helps you feel more energized. Mm -hmm. The other kind of sort of takeaway is Two things that I see the most in my practice is um, a lack of self-care and a lack of self-love. Mm. So in the course, we talk about how do you actually become self-centered, which is another concept that I've flipped, right? Okay. Because people are often like, yeah, don't be so self-centered. I mean, God, come on. <laughs> and actually, I'm saying, yes, be self-centered, please. Yes. <laughs> because that's taking care of you and advocating for your own needs. And when you can do that, you can give from a much fuller cup, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hurt people hurt people. So yeah and and, right. and we you and we rarely and it's funny because i was reflecting on this a couple of weeks ago in all this pandemic time of just reflecting yeah we always say hurt people hurt people but we don't talk about heal people heal people yeah totally totally well and we have to be um i i love i love this point because There's an, this is the tricky line, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the tricky line. This is the subtle part of what I do. I am a firm believer that I am the only one that can bring myself to the healing. Yes. I can come, like if you're a coach, Doug, um, I can come to you, but if I am not willing to do the work or to really look at myself, nothing will change no matter what you say, no matter what you teach me. Yeah. So for me, the healing is only self healing. Mm -hmm. And so it appears that sometimes when you hire coaches, that they're the ones that are quote doing the work. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I believe that it's um, sometimes just that in the presence of that other person, then you are able to come back to your remembrance of who you yeah. really are, right? So I love to talk about the pleasure code because these are just things that I think I've seen. These are themes that I've seen showing up in my practice. Yeah. And what people do with them is is totally their de is their deal. If they're going to take it and use it to heal themselves, great. Mm -hmm. If it might just be more entertainment for them, I don't know, right? <laughs> but um. So I say that with a, a sense of like humility yeah. that it's not like I am the one with the answers. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's you're you're creating the space, and the thing is, whenever you want to get something done in life, I say you go to somebody who's enjoys that thing because you don't want to go to somebody who doesn't like X. Like you wouldn't want to go and get cake from somebody who does not like to make cakes. Right. And you're asking them to make a cake. And if you, and if you struggle with all of that stuff and everything, it's, it's really creating those spaces and, and all of that stuff. I mean, one of the things I, I learned, a, a guy came into my, um, I did my master's in counseling and mm. the guy comes in and tells us, and I'll never forget this information. And I was funny because I was thinking about it earlier today. And he was like, never work harder than your client. Yeah. That work, that work has to be from the participant, the client. It has to be from them. You just create a space that allows them to f fully explore everything. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, of course, part of the pleasure code is I have some of the erotic blueprint work in there too, yeah. because I feel it's important for us. There's often a lot of shame around touching ourselves mm -hmm. around sexuality. Um, some of, some of us have grown up in, you know, fairly rigid, mm -hmm. um, belief environments structures. Or, or hostile yeah. environments. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the being able to be sensual, sexual with oneself, I think mm -hmm. is really important. And so yeah. there's a module in the pleasure code on um, learning your, your erotic blueprint language mm -hmm. and how do you feed yourself in your language? Mm -hmm. um, how do you ask to be fed by a partner in your language? Um, there's a whole module on communication because a lot of times we're not really taught to ask for the things that we need. Yeah. Um, and of course in that communications, it's also important to be able to communicate boundaries for oneself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so with freedom come, and this just came to me with freedom though, <laughs> comes boundaries. A lot of people don't equate those things, but yeah. with freedom comes boundaries because you have to readjust your growth now. Mm hmm. Yeah. Boundaries are beautiful. Yeah. And boundaries have taught me a lot. Like people that I've put boundaries up with in life that have like tried to not honor or, you know, poo poo or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. push away. Um, now that I look back on it, I think, oh my God, how telling was that? Yeah. How telling was that? Like I've, I'm always like this, like, a big heart want to love everybody and have everybody in my life and exactly. you know yeah. but what i've what i've learned is i can still love everybody and i can still have these healthy boundaries um and still be able to love in fact those boundaries are a form of love yeah. for me mm -hmm. right again going back to the self and the self-pleasure the self-care the mm -hmm. self monitor monitoring and every, all of that stuff is very important. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like an ocean. I mean, there's dams for a reason, like in, <laughs> in the world and everything, like you just can't let the water just run. Now water's going to do what it wants to do, but if you can guide it yeah. and, and put the boundaries and a, a dam up and, and it flows and everything, you yeah. can function better. Totally. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So, and then one other thing I would just mention that I really love about this course is that because I'm so focused on, you know, the mind, body, and spirit connection, Mm -hmm. there are mind, body, spirit practices, one of each type in the program to help people just kind of play and have fun and see Mm -hmm. what speaks to them. And so there's lots of choices and all of the modules are super bite sized, like 10 to 15 minutes Okay. because I know we're busy. Right. And sometimes learning can feel like an added chore. So this is Mm -hmm. meant and designed to be a very easily accessible course for people. Yeah. Now, now how can people get access to the course? Where should they go? Um, yeah, uh, give them that information. Definitely. Thank you. If they go to my website, ddhaeg.com, they can um, find more information on the Pleasure Code tab. Uh, and also, I offer, once they're there, if they want to sign up, they can receive a free ritual guide. So one of the practices that's helped me have more pleasure in my life is rituals because rituals really help us slow down. Mm -hmm. And so I have a free ritual guide that they can also receive if they so desire as well. Okay. And what if, what if, what if somebody's interested, but they're like, Oh, I don't really know yet. And they just want to get in contact with you. Is that a possibility? Totally, totally, totally. There's a contact form on the website. They can email me at dd at ddhag.com. Okay. Um, show me an email. I'd be happy to set up a call. I do things called pleasure possibility calls where mm. we hop on a phone call and just see where is your level of pleasure right now? Where would you like it to be? Is yeah. this maybe something that we could do some one-on-one coaching um, mm. for? So yeah, I totally would love to talk with your listeners. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> you, you've heard all of that stuff, the wonderful advice and everything and, hmm. you know, getting our pleasures together. And again, it's, it's not all about like w- really it's about where we enjoy and how we enjoy our stuff and, and not um, just trying to make it a task and really develop ourselves and love ourselves. And in this quarantine and, and, and shelter in place, this is a good time to do all of that stuff, to really take a mirror to self and and reflect and understand what's going on with you as, as a person and your environment around you. Is your environment serving you? I'm huge on community and, and is yeah. your community that you have right now serving you? And are you serving yourself the best so you can be the best for that community as well? Yes, totally. And if any, if any of your listeners are interested, I do have a free um, Facebook community. It's there, the Pleasure Code is the Facebook page, but under there is a group that we have called Sassy. Okay. And um, there we talk a little bit more about monthly topics, and it's, it's just a circle of women who mm-hmm. are committed to, or I shouldn't even say committed, who are interested in bringing more pleasure, play, mm-hmm. and permission into their lives. Okay. So. So community is so critical because we can hold each other up, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to be alone. That's a, that's often a trauma response, right? Yeah. Of thinking we have to do everything by ourselves. Oh God. Yes. I'm definitely unlearning that in this pandemic and everything. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. How would, mm-hmm. let's say a young, or I mean, let's say a gentleman is listening to this and he wants to yep. give this to his wife and approach this to his wife or girlfriend or whatever. 
Yeah. How should he go about navigating that without it sounding bad? <laughs> so it might go a little something like this, baby. Guess what I heard the other day? I had this really awesome podcast. Would you like to hear about it? Well, sure. Oh my gosh. So there was this woman on there and she was talking about your erotic languages and there's a way that we can actually speak to each other so that we can connect more deeply when we're having sex or even outside of the bedroom too. Mm -hmm. Do you think that might be something you'd be interested in? I'd love to connect you with her. Boom. <laughs> there, look, you got the blueprint. You got another blueprint to use. <laughs> To, to help. So I know that could be an awkward, awkward conversation sometimes. So and it can and I just will just pause here because I do also work with couples. Okay, um, doing the erotic blueprint work because I've seen this work just transform how couples interact with one another. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that they both want to work on together, then by all means, I'd love to talk to you both on the call. And if it's just something for the wife, which is totally fine, mm -hmm. you could use the other approach. There you go. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever your relationship makeup is. I mean, I was naive in just saying the male. Like, oh, it, and it, me it, too. Thank you for calling me uh, in. Totally. Uh, yes, whatever me, your partner. What, whatever it is, whatever your partner situation is, go, go ahead and, and do that and everything. Yeah. The holidays are coming up. Maybe you want to get it for like a Christmas gift or something. There you there go. There you go. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. I really appreciate that you named that, Doug, because that's important to me to help yeah. people feel included mm -hmm. um, for sure. So, yeah, so, yeah we, we, we welcome all listeners. So, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's, you know, and we can still be short-sighted in our own selves and everything. So we yeah. are learning and developing and evolving as humans every day. For sure. So, <laughs> before I get you out of here, Dee, Dee yeah. I, I like to end my segments and just ask, what are you currently digging on in your life right now? Mm, digging on? What am I currently digging on? Um, I think... This is this. I'm just going to be totally honest. I'm digging on exploring different areas of kink. There you go. Yeah, totally digging on. There's so many different areas, and there's a lot of shame around that term. Yeah. But it's actually a really beautiful um, realm when you know how to have these conversations mm -hmm. of consent and boundaries and what's okay yeah. and not okay. It's really actually beautiful. All right, yeah. there you go. That's, that's what I'm what, digging on. That's what you're digging on. Hey, totally green real. I'm not holding back. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. So, Dee, Dee okay, good. it was such a pleasure having you on. Oh, um, I can't wait you. for the people to hear this episode and everything and learn and change some relationships and change some individuals as well. Mm. So, um, and our relationships with ourselves can definitely change from the information and insight that you shared today, uh, all starting in that little town of, uh, in Idaho. Palmer, so, Idaho. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you never know where you can go. Um, yeah. so again, oh. thank you so much. It's been thank such a pleasure. Um, and I look forward to talking again. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for sharing your light in this world too. It's very evident. I'm grateful to have been here with you today. Oh God. I appreciate, <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll take it. Thank you so much. Mm, take care. All right. Bye. 
This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, keep digging, y'all. Peace out.